Welcome to the IQ Meets EQ podcast. I'm Jackie Broman, Principal Solicitor at TBA Law and CEO of Legally Wise Women. And I'm here with Bush Danik, former corporate lawyer, then head of HR, and now an emotional intelligence coach. Good morning, Bush. Morning, Jackie. How are you going? <laughs> good, good. Thanks. You know, December energy, it's all very fast and light and frantic. <laughs> All at once. It is. It's like a big snowball to the finish, isn't it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> voting true. down the hill. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you were just saying you're not giving yourself much time off over Christmas. No, like I was saying a couple of podcasts ago, I sort of do my planning in September and sort of keep it quite full on till the end of the year. And then I normally have the week of Christmas off, but I got a new client yesterday which is great and a really really good client that I want to work with so I won't be in but I'll be doing a bit of prep and bits and pieces and things like that over Christmas because it's quiet so I will have downtime but just I'll be working in my pajamas (laughs) yeah (laughs) in Christmas pajamas (laughs) the level of intensity is a little less but exactly what about you Yeah, we always close for two weeks over Christmas because it's the only time that you can really actually stop watching your emails because even if I have a week off here or there, I'm always just in there flicking bits and pieces around and someone's asking me something. So it's an actual real time off and I'm really looking forward to it. (laughs) Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you deserve it after the year that everyone's Uh, had and you in particular as well. It's going to be so nice for you to just have that time off. Yeah. I mean, well, we'll talk again next week about the year in review because on reflection, I feel like I'm in a great space for the start of next year already. Like I don't feel like I'm looking forward to a break, but I don't feel flat, you know? Good. I know what you mean. Yeah, we'll talk about that again. I was the same, feeling the same yesterday actually going, I'm sort of a bit, before the end of the year is even over, I feel really good to start next year with some really good things lined up. Mm. And I had a planning session yesterday as well with a friend of mine who's helping me with um, getting into Dubai. So that on that was on the vision board this year is to open up a, a Dubai sort of branch clients. <laughs> so that's all coming along too. So yeah. You're very international. <laughs> that's the goal. That was that was the plan this year. Set up yeah. the online yeah. and get into a couple of international locations. Mm. Mm. Wow, you're pretty much set for it, that's for sure. Yes, bring on 2022. <laughs> Have you got a puppy there that's running around doing something? Not running. Just yeah, she is. Oh, she's cuddly. Snoopy's getting so big. Snoopy's so cute. Mm. You have to send me a couple of photos so we can put them in the show notes. I will. <laughs> we love our pets. Yeah, part of our podcast, right? <laughs> that's right. In the mornings, you can't escape. Because we've got Mine. Marshy, because we've had Marshy on on and off for about a year on the podcast. <laughs> we have, that's right. Remember when, when he was little and the scratchy and <laughs> you could hear him in the background? <laughs> yeah, and quite often then he would also start screaming pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but don't worry, everyone, we cut that bit out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and mine are running around somewhere. We've already had our walk this morning. Oh, my God, already. You're such an early visor. Oh, well, I need to fit it in, you know. I can't quite fit it in between finishing talking with you and then having to get ready for work. So it has to be before. Mm. Yeah, I know. Mm. All the things we have to do in the mornings to get ourselves out the door. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Have you done your Vedic meditation course yet? It's on next weekend. Oh, very exciting. (laughs) Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's um, two hours a day. So Thursday, Friday evening and Saturday, Sunday morning. So that'll be great to start that and have that all sort of ready as a skill for the new year as well. Very good. (laughs) Exactly. I'm so glad that it all opened up before the end of the year to do that because, again, that was on our list, wasn't it, to do the course before before December. So, yeah, can't wait. Looking forward to that. Then it's 40 days, isn't it, you did it straight? Yeah, I think they tried to aim for 60. I can't remember now because I am doing it every day, just not necessarily twice every day. Mm, That's great. Mm. Mm. I, I really enjoy it so um, it's not a it's not a task it's just a matter of finding the time for the second one but next year I've done my planning for next year as well and I've actually diarized it in every weekday 
for the second one. So no one's allowed to move that out of my calendar. <laughs> Yay! Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. All right, let's have a listen to the interview then. I interviewed Janine Howard. She's done lots of things, but most notably has run her own magazines, in particular Profile Magazine, but she sold that. Now she does a lot of business coaching, particularly for female entrepreneurs, but her style is all around lifestyle because she has managed to retire her husband and really set her business up for lifestyle and homeschools and all those sorts of things. So yeah, let's have a listen. Good afternoon, Janine. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm fantastic. And thanks for having me on, Jackie. I'm so pleased because like I was saying, like we talk nearly every week and yet I don't know a lot of this stuff about you. So I'm really excited to jump in deeper. When you were little, what did you want to be when you were growing up and where did you grow up as well? Yeah. Okay. So I grew up in Melbourne. In fact, I grew up at the base of the Dandenong Ranges. So little kid from Montrose. And when, when, I, when I was a little kid, I distinctly remember getting given a little nurse kit. So a little doctor and nurse kit. And I was obsessed that I wanted to become a nurse. And so all through my childhood, it was like, yes, I want to be a nurse. And helping people, obviously, was, was the key behind that. When it got time for me to graduate high school and move into university, which is clearly the path that everybody does at that time, it's just ingrained in us that that's what we do, I, I really had this moment of going, well, I, I kind of, I don't really know. I'm, I'm so young still. I don't know. So I'll pick anything. I'll pick anything. So I picked being a teacher. Really? I loved school. And so therefore I thought, well, let's just stay in school. So I didn't do primary school, I actually did high school. So I became, well, studied to become a high school teacher. But you've been on a very different path to that. <laughs> yes and no. So here's the interesting bit. So when I was in university, we came to the, the third year of university and you do a lot of in-school practice. Now, I was so a little scaredy cat, even back in those days, I'm not anymore. And a little scaredy cat. And I actually went and applied to my old high school to do my teacher training there. So I thought, oh, it's familiar. It's going to be great. So I ended up hanging out with all of the teachers that I had as a kid, because, you know, I was a straight A student, you know, good girl, all of that thing. So that was great. But once I started to get into my, my practice work of teaching kids, I was absolutely gobsmacked that they didn't want to learn. They didn't want to do their homework. They found it boring. Whereas I had been that student, I, I ate it up. I thought everyone was like me. So it was a real slap in the face that the, the vision that I had of teaching kids about the, I wanted to be a biologist, so biology and environmental studies teacher. So that vision I had of changing the world through the, you know, the next generation was firmly squashed because of their, their lack of engagement and enthusiasm. And I found a lot of what I was doing was actually behavioural management. So I actually dropped out of my teaching course and had the last year of my university of just studying because I loved studying. So I ended up coming out of university with a Bachelor of Biological Science majoring in Biology, Environmental Studies, and geography. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Overachieve, achieve a much. <laughs> yeah, and just a lover of learning through all things. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm. yes. And again, thinking that everyone else was like me. So then I had this real dilemma of going, well, I've come out of university with not really a degree in anything in particular. So I couldn't go teach in high schools. I knew that I still wanted to have that element of helping people, you know, back in the day when I was a little girl with that nurse's kit. And so I end up falling into tourism. So you remember back in the day, and I'm sure it's still there, the Phillip Island Penguin Parade, yes. right? So I went and worked there. So I worked there on my school holidays, teaching, you know, families and doing rockful rambles and talking about penguins and seals and all of the things. And I found that I absolutely loved it. It was my jam. So next thing you know, I found myself working at 
Victoria's open range zoo, which is was it in those days was Werribee. called Werribee Zoo, mm-hmm. right? Driving the trucks around and doing all that thing and wearing safari. And I literally found myself for the next decade or a bit more wearing safari outfits. <laughs> so instead of teaching in a classroom, I actually found that I was my my gift was teaching in the environment. Mm. So whether it be in the Daintree rainforest, because I moved to Port Douglas, I worked for a wildlife sanctuary up in Port Douglas for many, many years. I even lived on Heron Island and was the activities and guest relations manager there over there. I went back to the Daintree National Park. So I've actually spent a lot of time literally imparting not just knowledge about the environment, but really, you know, fun stories and engaging stories. So then I went to the point that I actually wrote a white paper on the value of interpretive tourism to the everyday person and the change that we can actually make. So that really became my passion. I was able to marry my passion for wildlife with teaching literally out in the environment. Wow, there's so much in all that. And it it so is your passion to teach something that you're passionate about and to see the change is the, the biggest thing, isn't it, there? Because if you were plonked down to teach something that you weren't so passionate about, and as you said, like the engagement and the the learning or the passion wasn't reflected, but you can almost see, particularly with tourism, that you could almost instill some kind of love or change in what you're teaching in the person that's seeing it as well. Pretty special. Very special. And, you know, I found even an hour with a family taking them through a wildlife sanctuary, by the end of that hour tour, they change perceptions about what they were going to do when they got home and, you know, have more respect and care for the environment. So. Yeah, look, it was pretty powerful, you know, all working in my safari little outfit. (laughs) And the little scaredy cat that you were really had no trouble then sort of talking and teaching and being in front of a group and all those sorts of things. Yeah, and the difference was too, I found when I was teaching in a high school, I was a nervous wreck because I felt like I was about the same age as them and really, you know, who was I to teach them this stuff? Whereas Once I got out into the environment, I knew my stuff. I was so passionate about it that I was learning all of the time and, you know, lifelong learner. So it really suited all of my values. It suited my style. And I really found being a tour guide, (laughs) I actually became who I am today, Jackie, and, and, and you know me quite well. I'm, I'm very confident. I'm very outspoken and well-spoken and I've spoken on stages across the world in front of hundreds if not thousands of people and it's because I had the passion. And so when you've got the passion and the knowledge combination and, and the seeing change in people, you actually become really unstoppable. <laughs> That's a bit exciting. So when you were, was it at Port Douglas in the Daintree when you started actually going into management as well? Yes. Mm. So here's the thing too, a a quick little interesting story. Mm. I was the, what we call the head guide or guide coordinator of the wildlife sanctuary I worked for. So not only was I taking people on tours, I was managing all of the team. And it's something that I kind of did naturally. And I was teaching them as well. So that was great. However, With the Wildlife Sanctuary, they actually lost their salesperson. So they had a a particular woman who, you know, promoted the sanctuary and did all of the the PR and everything, and they couldn't find anyone to replace her. And so I remember my boss said to me, hey, you like to talk. (laughs) Why don't you give sales a go? And I was like, fine, let's, let's give it a go. Next, you know, I found my next level forte And that was really, it comes down to my love of talking to people. And so I actually became the the spokesperson of the Wildlife Sanctuary. I did all of our promotional videos. I hosted all of the TV shows, you know, from Great Outdoors and Getaway and all of those things. And, you know, we're with the co-host on all of that. And yeah, loved it. I traveled all over Australia promoting the um, the Wildlife Sanctuary. So then I was like, combination of wildlife and sales amazing and then I I still have my safari outfit but then I wear like a little 
cute high heels that would go with it and a little skirt <laughs> make it more more feminine <laughs> very cute is there any of that old footage from getaway or the great outdoors on youtube somewhere <laughs> oh my god probably see it was back in the day before social media or anything like that so <clears throat> yeah if you google me i'm sure i'll be with david rain or with katrina roundtree yeah, and, yeah so i met all that crew during my time there <laughs> how exciting well, what fun. So that certainly added a whole level of other skills for you. And as you said, before social media, so they would have been bigger productions with all the, the cameras and the lights and all the people and wow. The, the works. And, you know, I, I, it was a really exciting time. I got to to really see behind the scenes on how TV shows were made. You know, I got into video production as well and, you know, created a lot of our TV commercials. So I started moving from just sales into the marketing side as well. Yeah. And managing team. <laughs> yeah. And so you know how it's, if you're good at one thing, people start merging you and go, well, if you're good over there, you'll be good over here. And so over the years, I started to get more into the, the management of the, the actual wildlife sanctuary as well. So, you know, we had a team of 50 to 60 staff that I would help manage. And yeah, and then it gets a little bit more political and not so fun. And yeah, mm -hmm. so I ended up coming to my end of my time having worked there for many, many, many years and kind of going as far as I possibly could. And then interestingly, because I was in the marketing side as well, the people who I was placing advertising in a particular magazine actually asked me to go and work for them. And I distinctly remember they were a husband and wife couple, gorgeous people. And he actually said to me, why don't you come and dress like a lady for once and come and work at a magazine? I was like, well, hang on a second. Hang on. I like my <laughs> safari. <laughs> so I ended up going and working at a magazine. Now, people often say to me, how did you go from working in tourism to a magazine? But it was actually a natural progression because I'd gone into sales and I'd gone into marketing. So then selling advertising in a magazine with lots of, you know, parties and champagne and lunches and all of that, it was fun. It was so good. And I was absolutely really bloody awesome at it. <laughs> There you go. That's great. What sort of magazine was it? What were they doing? It wasn't fashion or anything, was it? It was no. So yeah. it was a regional publication, and there was a lot of yeah. stories on. This is in Cairns. A lot of stories on regional people and businesses, and of course some fashion and you know that kind of thing as well. So it's really where I found other skills. So for me, those other skills were coordinating the entire magazine. So I ended up being the publication manager. I think it's because I'm a Virgo. I'm very good at time management. Uh, <laughs> so I was able to run all of the magazine, run the staff, run the advertising, you know, do, do all of it mm. to the point where we actually end up having three magazines. So we expanded from Cairns into Townsville and also into Mackay. So we had three publications going at once. And that then caught the eyes of a larger media company and because by that stage I was running all of those magazines myself, the company who purchased the, the magazines actually kept me on as part of the agreement. So, yeah, I really found, yeah, all of these other skills that I never would have thought that I would have had coming from being a high school teacher. Yeah, so much of a journey from there, that's for sure. And just sort of building and building like, on the skills you already had and on your natural strengths as well. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. And when then did you run your own magazine? Because you ended up in business for yourself running a magazine too, didn't you? Yeah. So going back to the story where the media company bought the magazines I was working for and they contracted me, I think it was 12 months that I needed to be contracted to, you know, hand the business over and, and teach them the ropes and all of that, which was their biggest mistake because I ended up being moved from Cairns to the Sunshine Coast and worked out of the office here. I was, honestly, I was kicking and screaming. I was like, no, I don't want to go. I love where I live. We were very ingrained in the theatre culture up there. My husband's an actor and I did a lot of acting and stage work back in that day too. <laughs> Whole other story. And so anyway, I, I came down to the Sunshine Coast and worked here and I was put in charge of 13 titles. So it was a whole new magazine division. And 
under-resourced, underpaid and all of the things, a little bit of a boys' club, in fact, a large boys' club. And six months to the day, I walked into the office and I just knew I was never going to come back. So by lunchtime, I got up and I literally walked out of the building and never, ever went back. The next day, I started my own magazine. Wow. Wow. How much had you prepared in your head for that? Oh, none. Yeah. <laughs> none. I just knew that I could do it better. Yeah, yes. I just and knew. couldn't tolerate what you were going to do for someone else anymore. Yeah. That's and- right. I, I was, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of person, if I find myself complaining about things, I don't want to be a complainer. I want to find solutions. And so I'd worked hard to, to really find some solutions. And, and I remember it was like t- trying to turn the Titanic. You know, it was a company that's been going for many, many years and they weren't really into magazines. It was a newspaper company and they did that well, but magazines was a whole different kettle of fish. So I decided we'll stop complaining and do something about it. So I went and started my own. <laughs> so there you go create your own magazine and and eat into their market share. An interesting story was after I had started my magazine, my old boss from the newspaper saw me on the street delivering my magazines and he came up to me and he said, oh, yeah, yeah, good work. I'll give you three months. (laughs) That's your challenge. And I went, okay, mister, that magazine was going for 11 years. (laughs) Wow, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever see that old boss again and just sort of rub it in a little bit more? Yeah, I did see him and he didn't have much to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. That's the best revenge, isn't it? Oh, my God. That's it. And, you know, I, for me, it wasn't necessarily about proving the boys wrong or anything like that. For me, it was realisation of how powerful and how capable we are when we actually back ourselves, hmm. when we trust ourselves. And that's what really, you know, I've been an entrepreneur since, what's that, end of 2007, right? I've literally made all my own money, created my businesses. I've had three magazines in that time. I've had a, a national newsstand magazine that I had for, for quite some time, which was a, a parenting magazine. You know, and I've created my coaching business and, and all of the things. And it's because I literally jumped off that cliff one day, like by walking out that door with no plan and just trusting myself, then everything has literally worked out since then. And you've seemed to have continued to give yourself no out either. Like this is what you've decided to do. There's no turning back and there's never been a point where you've allowed yourself to, to, to not succeed. Yeah. And for some people that can be really super scary. You know, as Tony Robbins would say, that's burning the boats. Mm-hmm. You know, I burnt the boats a long time ago, you know, to the point where I don't know if anyone would ever employ me because I question everything. I'm like, mm, are you sure we should do it that way? Isn't there an easier, better way? You know? <laughs> so, you know, I'm like a rebel in yes. some of business also seemed to have burnt the scaredy cat a little bit too off she oh, went yep she she got taken care of a very long time ago and, and more so when I actually went out on my own you know th- there is challenges though so you know is anyone who you know for yourself who, who runs their own businesses and has team and all of the things there are moments where you get to and you're like oh how how am I going to do this and and I remember a moment where fast forward, I had sold that magazine that I first started. So sold that when my first child was born. And I said to my husband, we're now free. So what do you want to do? Like, if you could do anything, what would you like to do? And he said, I'd love to be an actor full time. So he has been in theatre for years and he actually studied operatic voice at university. And, And so I said, great. Well, what do we need to do for you to be an actor? And his agent said, well, we need to move to Melbourne or Sydney. So we actually decided to move to Melbourne from the Sunshine Coast. Of course, then I'm like, well, I don't have a 
business? How are we going to pay the bills? All of the things. And I had some cash, obviously, from the, the magazine sale, which got us through for a while. But then it was like, okay, I now need to recreate myself and I need to create a business that could allow me to be a mother. So I didn't want to work much. I didn't want to work time for money. I soon found myself pregnant with my second baby. So that's when I started up my coaching business. And like anything, you know, I made it work and I made it, I didn't know what I was doing and I I worked it out. And within the first year I had a six figure business and, you know, then upwards from there. And that was nearly eight years ago. And also, I guess, moving to Melbourne, you left behind a lot of your networks too. So it was pretty much starting from scratch, new business, new networks, I guess, online, because you didn't want to be trading time for money. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And so, you know, here I am, we we found ourselves in Melbourne. I've got two babies, (laughs) husband being an actor. I'm in charge of all of the bills. And so we had two properties in Queensland. So I've got mortgages for that. (laughs) Rent in Melbourne was as much as the two mortgages in Queensland. (laughs) Thanks, Melbourne. Mm -hmm. And even though I was earning great money, like it never seemed enough. And so I was starting to go into full hustle mode. Like I was doing whatever it took to get enough money in the door to pay the bills. And, you know, I remember... Years ago, Naomi Campbell, the, the model, the supermodel, she used to say she didn't get out of bed for, you know, less than $5,000, right? And I would say the same thing. I'm like, I need $5,000 a day. You know, it wasn't quite that much. But, you know, it felt like that, that every day I had to go and make money, make money, make money, make money. And I did actually find myself going in a, a very quick spiral down. Mm. And so, you know, there was that one point where, I was like, I I can't do this anymore. I just have to stop. But I couldn't stop because I burnt the boats, right? And that moment for me, when I came up on the other side, I just decided I would never, ever be in that position again. I would never be in a position where I go to the grocery store and I'm not sure if I've got enough money to pay the grocery. Or when you have to put the honey back, because honey is, you know, like a million dollars apparently, decided then I'd never, ever go back to that spot. And I never have. I've, you know, done what it takes to build my business to a point that it is robust and there's a kitty and, you know, we've, we've got enough money all of the time. And, you know, we've moved back to Sunshine Coast a few years ago and, We've been renovating the house. I've single-handedly been paying for it in cash. I haven't taken out a loan. I literally pay for it in cash. My husband's a builder, so he can actually do the the work, which is fantastic. You know, and, and we get to choose. Like we've consciously chosen everything about our lives to have it as free and simple as possible. And honestly, money does help, really does. And I've made sure that we are financially free so that we have all of that choice. We homeschool the kids, we, when we can, travel as much as we can, you know, retired my husband, he doesn't have to work, you know, we can buy the things if we want, you know, we bought a caravan and then I decided, well, I'm going to take advantage of this COVID market, sold it for nearly double, (laughs) knowing that I've got enough cash to go buy another one if I wanted to. So, you know, it's been a really interesting life, to be honest, Jackie in following my gut and learning to trust, you know, really, really trust myself. And that trust has got me to this point now that no matter what happens, no matter what, I trust myself that I'm always going to work it out. What a great place to be. Just such a huge step. And, you know, I think a lot as well changed, I think, when because you were talking about the hustle and, you know, you were hustling so hard in the magazine and then you started a new business and it was the same thing again. So there was a point there as well that you started doing things a different way too, didn't you, and got better results. Absolutely. Mm. (laughs) Absolutely, Jackie. And, you know, I know you know this as Mm. well, that the old way of doing business is that we think the more that we do, the more that we hustle, the more we think about a business and pay attention to it, the more it grows. 
I actually worked out that it stifles your business. It constricts it. Whereas when I let go a little bit more and I just trusted and allowed, it opened it up. And my revenue, I, I'm trying to remember the exact figures, but I I'm, I'm, know that we three times my revenue in one year after that point. After that point of just going, oh, I'm done with just on that borderline. No way, not anymore. So, you know, three times it. And just instantly showed myself that when you let go of holding on so tightly to fear and you trust that the universe has got you back, Gabby Bernstein, and, um, you know, it really does. There you go. <laughs> it's funny because you say that, and, yes, I'm starting to learn it, but I don't completely trust. And there's also, and I've spoken to my co-host Usha about this quite a few times, there's almost this thing in most of us where we're like, yeah, it'll work for everyone else, but not for me because there's something in me that will mean it won't work. <laughs> where did that disappear for you? With a lot of work, I guess. Yeah. Inner work, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of inner work. After that, that point, you know, having a, a little mini breakdown, we'll just call it that, I delved really deep into hypnosis. Mm-hmm. I was determined to rewire my brain. Then that turned into meditation and turned more into a spiritual aspect about it. And then I did a lot of clearing work, healing work from EFT to all of the things. So doing it for myself and going to practitioners and really went on that feminine journey of like really learning those ancient feminine principles. And that was the the turning point for me that I was able to start really clearing out the the muck, so to speak, to allow me to be more of who I actually am. There's a lot of hope out there, ladies. (laughs) What advice would you go back and give your 21-year-old self, that scaredy girl who was just deciding not to be a teacher? I would say very much what I just said, like trust yourself. Go within and tune in to your, you have all the answers within and just trust that Back in the day, I would have called it gut instinct. Just trust that and go with it at all times. It will never serve you wrong. So at the moment, what do you do like on a daily basis to check in with yourself to make sure that you are clear enough mentally to be listening to yourself, to be listening to that gut feel? What do you, what do you bring into your life to, to do those things? Yeah, it's a really good question because if you had have asked me a year ago, It would have been daily meditation, daily tuning in, you know, daily rituals. These days, it's my mornings, a few deep breaths, and I'm in. Wow. (laughs) And, you know, it's this really attunement to my higher self and my alignment that I feel like 95% of the time I'm living as my higher self. And I don't say that righteously, but I know when I'm dropping below the line and I'm able to pick myself up quickly. So it's a daily minute by minute basis of seeing where my frequency is at. And I'm so attuned to where my high frequency is that I'm able to come back, come back, come back as much as possible. I have two children, so they're the times (laughs) but with love of course (laughs) there you go and I guess it's you can't just get there but well who's to say you can't just get there got to pull myself up on that one as well Hmm. you know and the the quickest way for anyone to be able to tune into your highest level frequency higher self whatever you want to call it is making sure you tune into love. And you've heard me say this many times too. It's all about that love frequency and how to do that. You can simply do drop out of your brain into your heart space, even by gently touching that area and imagine (coughs) breathing in and out love in that heart space. You know, as the Beatles said, all you need is love. (laughs) That's a little corny, but yeah, (laughs) it's true. (laughs) yeah it's a lovely concept though isn't it and it can be the truth so 
There you are. Thank you so much for your time. People want to find out more about you. I mean, we'll have all the links in the show notes and things, but where would you like them to go? Yeah, look, come and join my Facebook group. It's really where I'm most active these days and I, I've simplified everything to just be in that group. So it's Fempire, F-E-M-M-P-I-R-E, Fempire. Excellent. And we'll pop a link in for that as well. So again, Janine, thank you so much for your time. You know that on the path with you. So I hope that there's plenty of others that want to jump in and join us. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Thanks, Jackie. And I think, you know, the, the work that we all do as women for other women is so important. And, you know, having you share these kind of interviews, I know that it just one person and one spark changes things and that's the ripple effect that we need. So thank you for doing what you do. Okay, what did you think? I she's incredible. I was really inspired by by this episode. And do you know what? It makes you feel that it is possible to have a balance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's days where I feel like, you know, I'm sure you have this in our business that we go, we start a business for lifestyle and balance, but it just never happens, right? Mm-hmm. Not early on. And we and we almost justify it to ourselves going, oh yeah, but it's still early and you know, it's really not that early when you count to like five years, but it's it's something that we still say. And then you hear someone that's actually done it. Mm. And I'm like, oh, it's just like, I need to ring her. <laughs> just go, What's the freaking secret sauce here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, she talked about that more at the end as well. It was so fascinating, the change that she went through because in when she was running her magazines and even when she started coaching she was still in that hustle energy that I think both of us tend to do. And I'm trying to shift out of it, but it does take resources or just charging more than I want to charge. <laughs> well, I, I think you're right. It's mm. the resource thing because that's the first thing I thought of yesterday, right? Mm. To the point that I was almost calculating going, right, if I had, if money wasn't an object in the business, what resources would I get, right? Mm-hmm. To help me scale. And you're absolutely right. And the, there's two resources I would want. One is like a BDM salesperson to help yeah. with the program. And the second one would be oh. a full-time trainer. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, right, okay, that's just like half a million dollars a year there just in costs. Right? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, well, to earn that, I better hustle. So it's like you go back to the loop, don't you? Like it's it's how do you do that? Like it's yeah. There has to be, there has to be something that we're missing. <laughs> but It does seem like it was more of a shift in mindset and I'm trying to do this myself because I do talk to her regularly about having a bit more trust and not holding on so tight, but I still don't completely trust, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to let go before you see results. I mean, it'll be easy to, you know, change your mindset and trust after the fact, but it seems like it's the factor that changes it first. So Mm, I, I, I do think you can change it first a little to a certain extent because I feel like this year I have with my business by you know remember we were talking about hiring that instructional designer and the VA support mm-hmm. like that was a big deal I remember I said to you that oh my god I'm gonna have to get a loan just to do that yes do you remember yes and I'm so glad I did that because now in Done. that trust the course is built yeah and the course is ready to be sold now next year Mm -hmm. so it just it's going to take one sale and I can pay that off so I I get the element of the trust and the mindset but it almost feels like there's only so much of that you can leverage (laughs) until you need to see the results right yeah yeah true that's right and And then you go and then I can go okay I've got a little bit of results now I can sort of move the elastic a bit more and trust a bit more yeah yeah well there you go I guess I guess the process has got to be building trust then because, you know, everything that you do should gradually build that. You can't just go from zero to a hundred trust level. (laughs) Well, no, it does have to be built. But again, it's like, you know, we, it's almost like we need to see something to be able to then Mm. increase that percentage of trust, right. In in Mm. ourselves and in our business. And sometimes I don't think the trust is even to do with ourselves. I think it's almost trusting the external circumstances around us as well. Yes. When you finished up your client last week and got your new one this week, were you fairly calm and trusting that something would come along? 
Yeah, 100%. But I've worked on that now. And it's funny because I was talking to a couple of people about it and they were like, oh, how are you feeling? So it was, it was a pretty big client with a big, actually the, the biggest chunk of my income. And I was like, no, I know something's going to come up. I know something will come up. And funny enough, you'll laugh at this, but I'll share this story. I was even sort of manifesting a client that was a little bit more spiritual, a little bit more, you know, not as corporate but a little bit more aligned with how I've been this year. And that's exactly what this company is. They've put, they do weekly meditations. They've all gone to Brené Brown Live. They've got crystals all over the place. You know, it's like home from home. They're huggers like me. It's just, they're just really cool people and, and very much all of our EQ and SQ. And it's literally happened in a week. And it was an inbound as well. It was, I didn't even advertise. I didn't do nothing. They were looking for you. A day after I finished with my, I finished with my client on Tuesday last week. On Wednesday, I got a text. And yesterday was Wednesday. We closed the deal in a, in a week. I mean, that's got to build trust for you, surely. Yeah, it does, 100%. And I was talking to someone yesterday, actually, and this actually this will be interesting for you as well, Jackie. I know that we've spoken about this with on other podcasts is the inner critic and the self-worth aspect of things. And I was talking to Sheila, who we're going to get on the podcast now over Christmas, and I booked her in. And I did a, a business reading, like a soul reading for my business. And she said that the business is going to do amazing with your course. And she goes, but that's in one timeline. She goes, if you don't believe it and you don't have self-worth, it will go on a different path and I was like oh my god yes you're so right it, and it will so I'm now actually going to be looking at doing a bit of you know hypnotherapy on that over Christmas because I'm like you know what all the pieces are there if I don't allow myself to trust and believe in myself it's not going to work because this isn't about this isn't about competency anymore like as you say you are the leading expert in EQ in Australia and so the competency is not an issue I mean even if you weren't the leader even if you were the second best you'd still be (laughs) more competent than the other 30 million people in Australia and let alone globally so but it's the self-worth it's our it's our paradigms and our subconscious and as you know we've talked about again this that our success is dependent on our subconscious patterns not our conscious patterns Mm-hmm. so we can we can do affirmations we can trust we can do all of that but if our subconscious is programmed against us mm-hmm. we're screwed <laughs> mm-hmm. so I'm yeah. like you know what I'm gonna do this I'm gonna fix this I'm gonna book in a couple of sessions over Christmas so yeah rewrite that subconscious huh and hopefully that will allow a bit more of the trust for the new year yeah that plus um Nico's course over over next weekend <laughs> <laughs> that's right the meditation because then you'll transcend exactly yeah I hope you do. I haven't transcended yet. So like as you're talking about with the competence, also thinking about Janine, like she had built so much competence over all the stepping stones that she'd had and looking ahead in her life, just leaving university, there's no way that she would would have looked ahead and realised where she could get to consciously but looking back you can see the pathway is very clear that each step sort of built on her competence and her skills and led to her being able to trust as well so there's there's a whole lot of skill building in there as well as that self-worth as you're talking about and the confidence yeah I agree you're right it is it's and I think it's like a step isn't it that every step you take up that ladder you know, you get more and more confident about what it is that your business can achieve. But I think we all have that. Um, it's like, you know, freedom is the, the equivalent of enlightenment to a human being, right? That epitome of where you want to be at the end goal of your business is to have that level of balance and freedom. But I don't think it is a one answer fits all. Like I, I joked at the beginning of the podcast going, you know, well, I want to ring you and go, what's that missing, missing thing? What's that magic secret? But there isn't. I think it's a combination of all different things that lead up to having a successful business that allows you freedom. And a lot of it is about consciously designing it and not allowing yourself probably to get into that hustle mode. Because once you start in a hustle, it's it's from experience, it's hard then to change and move because people expect it of you. And you expect it of yourself. Expect it right? of myself. How many times, I did this yesterday actually, it was like 11.30 last night and I just got caught up in other stuff work stuff but I didn't really get to do any client work yesterday and at 11 30 I was feeling guilty for going to bed I literally was like why am I going to bed right now but it was 11 30 
And I'm like, I should go to bed. But it's it's that thing, isn't it? The expectation that we put on ourselves sometimes. So yeah, it is 100% ourselves. What do you think about how much Janine's confidence changed over time as well? Because she really called herself a scaredy cat as a as a young 20-year-old. And yet there are, there are clearly moments where she could put the scaredy cat aside because of the passion. And then it just seemed that it built enough confidence that it wasn't an element anymore. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think that's 100% possible is I think we all have a little bit of that when we're starting out, a little bit of that imposter syndrome that we've spoken about, the fear of being judged, yeah, and what people are going to think. But I think as you do more and more and more and you align yourself to more of your truer nature and you work in alignment with that, then that confidence thing will just grow. Yeah, it must have a lot to do with work being in alignment with what you're passionate about because it was fairly clear when Janine was standing in front of a class full of high school students that she was so scared about being up the front and being judged and yet she could stand out the front of a group of a similar size amount of people on a tour because she was so passionate about it and exactly yeah so it's it's I think just working as close as possible to your truest calling isn't it whatever that may be and if that changes that's cool too Mm -hmm. but I mean how many people have we interviewed in our podcast that have had those career changes and Mm -hmm. you know their confidence hasn't been affected it's more of the excitement of um I'm moving into this now yeah absolutely in fact it's a pretty common theme isn't it what do you think about the burning the boats because I suppose even thinking about other guests as well who've transitioned they've sort of totally committed and, and Janine has said, you know, she consciously went all in and didn't give herself an out. So there was no option but to succeed. I agree with that. I think if you're going to do something like that, I, I, I don't think you can have one foot in and one foot out because you're not going to give it your all. It's not going to be successful then because you're umming and ahhing, right? So I, I agree. It's like when I left the law, I was like, that's it, it's done. There's no option to go back or work in the on in that area or even with clients I've never even up until last year had clients in that industry Mm. you know it's just like no not doing it because otherwise it's going to sneak you back in and go you know yeah I've got this skill I could just do this for you (laughs) And and you almost justify it to yourself if your new thing isn't working out as quickly as you'd like it Mm -hmm. you can almost go oh well you know what I shouldn't have done that I can go back and I mean it thinking about it it is a huge jump isn't it I mean for yourself you're a single mum there's no option to fail for Janine you know she was supporting a husband in a career change at the same time and two babies yeah that's right failure is not an option it's just not mm-hmm. you just gotta I hate the word but you just gotta pivot and go right I gotta make this work mm. in whichever way I can and do whatever it takes mm. I was talking to a friend yesterday and he's wanting to have a bit of a career change he's in sales really successful worked with businesses all over the world lived in you know four or five different countries and he's like I want to help other salespeople, i.e become a coach and he set everything up pretty much did everything got the website ready got it and then last minute chickened out Mm. and the reason he chickened out was he got a promotion at work Mm. and financial security Mm. as opposed to oh do you know what it's actually going to be hard to replicate my income I was like absolutely it will be you're not going to make that income straight away it's just not going to happen but you've got to be willing to put the work in but then if it's not your passion I don't think it was right okay (laughs) then don't do it Mm -hmm. so I think you'll know right when Mm. you make that career change if it's something you're going to go work in a supermarket, if you have to, to pay your bills because it's your passion to create that business mm. or not. Mm. And that's the point that I was at. I was ready to do that. Yeah. I was ready to take a second job. <laughs> Instead of staying where you were. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot out there that at the moment is building up entrepreneurship as if it's the way everyone has to be going. And so I think a lot of people who aren't meant to work for themselves are potentially going, oh, this is the way I should be going. So maybe, like you said, your successful sales guy was like, well, I'm so successful. This is what I should be doing because so many others are doing this. 
but actually, no, you don't have to do what so many people say you should. No, Mm. but you can, that's the point, right? That you can just have a really successful career Mm. in a business Mm. as an employee. There's nothing wrong with that. No. And I think you're also going to cause yourself misery if you're trying to put yourself in the camp of being a nerd if that's not what you want to do. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's their playtime. So cute. They're like teenagers. (laughs) They are. No, I've got to show you. Hold up my hands there. Just like cuddle and play and wrestle. Yeah. I'm going to use that little snippet of video. Yeah. (laughs) Having a bit of a cuddle. (laughs) So Usha's pets are having a bit of a wrestle. And so I'm just going to pop that little bit of video into the show notes for you all to see, because there might be a few little noises that you've heard and they're, they're just going at it. (laughs) Just having a play. Yeah. It's lovely. Well, yeah, I think, you know, this episode is a good one to come back to a few times and just particularly the end there, because Janine starts opening up about some of the secret sauce. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what I get to talk to her regularly about too. So it's certainly something that she focuses on with people that she's working with and all the links will be in the show notes. If anyone wants to continue the conversation and ask more, by all means, please reach out on our website, iqmeetseq.com.au or where we post on LinkedIn as well. That's always a great place to have a conversation because Ush and I are always on LinkedIn. But if you want to contact us directly, Ush, where are you? EQ.academy. Wonderful. And the best email for me these days is Jackie at legallywisewomen.com.au. So another one down, one more episode before Christmas, guys. Mm -hmm. Ush and I will do a little bit of a debrief 2021. And, you know, it's funny because I still tend to try and go 2020, but it's no, it's another year gone, 2021. So yeah, we'll catch you next week, everyone. 